Part 2, page 35. Dream. This morning, I wake up in my cozy bed, way too early for Julia to make me breakfast. She and her mom and dad are still asleep, and even the guinea pigs are silent. My belly grumbles, and once again I curse my fumbleness. Humans are one big design flaw. They're inferior noses. The inscrutable humdrum rumps. And don't get me started about their <clears throat> odor. But the opposable thumb idea, yeah, that's a nice upgrade. The cans I could open. The doorknobs I could conquer. Anyways, I feel worried. Off. Worry's a waste of time, and it doesn't fit with my tough guy act. But sometimes I can't seem to help myself. Before I woke up, I'd been dreaming about Ivan and Ruby and Stella. It wasn't a nice dream, a fun-and-run toe-twitcher. Nope, this was a nightmare, a bad one. We were swimming, all four of us, in a black, raging river, and for some reason I was in the lead, and I kept looking back, telling them I was going to save them. Me. Save them. Two elephants and a gorilla. As I paddled like mad, their voices faded. I looked behind me, and they'd vanished. Then I heard it. A faint bark. That bark. I woke up then, like I always do. I did an all-over shake, trying to toss off the stench of the nightmare that clung to me like shampoo after a bath. I told myself to chill, get a grip, stop worrying about nothing. And yet some primitive part of my brain, the wolf in me maybe, is on edge. A lot can go wrong in the moment left to chance, the blink of an eye, the bounce of a bone. There's so many ways the world can find to fail you. The smell of a storm. By the time everyone else wakes up, I've calmed down. But the wind outside sure hasn't. It's an early fall Saturday, gusty with scraps of sun, clouds bouncing off each other like bunnies in, the, in a basket, messages on the wind pouring in from everywhere, from dogs making their daily rounds, from feral cats, from anxious raccoons. Basically, everybody's asking the same thing. What is the deal with the weather today? I already know. Weather Channel was on last night with a screen full of big, white, cotton-candy-looking swirls. Julia's dad, George, has always taped up, has already taped up several windows. Sarah, her mom, packed an emergency bag, ju bag just in case we have to evacuate. Another hurricane is on its way. Third this season. Not as big as the last couple, but slow move moving. I've seen the routine. Know the ropes. Once breakfast is done... I sit on the couch in the living room, waiting impatiently for Julia to come home so she can take me on our daily stroll. She has a dog walking service, and she's out walking other dogs. I get my own private walk, because she's my own private girl. I can basically taste the storm coming through the open window, the back of my throat tingle, the metallic edge, the fizzy energy. But it's more than that. It's as if the air is up to no good, sneaking up on the world and looking for trouble. On the poetry of stink. Of course, not everybody can smell what I'm smelling. My nose is a zillion times more powerful than a human's. Dogs are ex experts at odor. Students of stink. We analyze the air the way humans read poetry, searching for invisible truths. And we don't just smell the good and bad stuff that people notice with their substandard schnozzes. The usual suspects popcorn and lilacs and freshly sharpened pencils, diapers and brussels sprouts and freaked out skunks. No, our noses get it all. The whole shimmery double rainbow in April. Humans, they're lucky to get a cloudy day in November. 
We get that molecule of roast beef dancing on the wind 50 miles from the tidy kitchen from where it slid out of the oven. We get the cherry lollipop under the back seat of the Honda, 16 cars up on the highway at rush hour. We get humans, we get things humans can't even dream of getting. We're the ones who find the miracle earthquake baby cuddled in her crib under tons of rubble. We're the ones who find lost hikers in the wilderness after a quick whiff of a sweaty sock. We can even tell when someone's sick. We can smell seizures and cancer and migraine headaches. Try getting your guinea pig to do that. We smell feelings, too. Sad has a sharp scent with an undertone of sweetness. Sad smells like being lost in a winter forest as the sun goes down. And happy? Happy's the best. But there's a touch of wistfulness around the edges. Happy smells like bacon ice cream served up in an expansive leather shoe. Expensive leather shoe. You're going to love every minute of it, but you know it won't last forever. The news. Sometimes when Julie and I go for walks, I'll break at a corner. Corners are the best for fresh news. And she'll tug and say, come on, Bob, there's nothing there. Oh, but there is. There's the thing about poop. Here's the thing about poop and pee. I get the humans are not into them. I see the bathroom door shut tight, the embarrassed, downcast gazes. You guys are totally missing out. There's a whole lot of info hiding in your average pee mail. When dogs want to share the latest gossip, we just wait until nature calls. You'd be amazed what you can learn during a quick bathroom break. People read the news, check the TV, browse the web. I linger over a fire hydrant and inhale the whole wide world. My ears, by the way, are almost as remarkable as my nose. I pick up on all kinds of things humans can't hear. What we do with our noses and ears is kind of like taking a big old knot and loosening it up, separating out the strands, unbraiding things. People smell a reeking pile of trash in a dumpster. We smell a dollop of cream cheese, a hint of peanut butter, a smattering of Fruit Loops. People hear the roar of a crowd in a stadium. We hear a strain of a whiny four-year-old, a whisper of worried superfan, a note of grumpy hot dog vendor. Man, dogs are cool. Snickers. While I watch from my perch on the back of the couch, Julia passes by on the sidewalk. George asks her to keep her dog walking around close to home in case the weather changes. She's wearing a shiny purple raincoat and leading three dogs, a goofy mutt named Winston, a timid dachshund named Oscar Meyer, and her, Snickers, an old nemesis of mine. Snickers is a fluffy white poodle with delusions of grandeur, a big snooty, pain in the puffball. Oh, that pooch drives me crazy. Our mutual dislike goes back to my early days as a stray. Snickers was a fancy, pampered, sleep-on-a-pink-satin-pillow kind of gal. Her owner, Mac, ran the mall ran the mall where I lived with Ivan and Ruby. That's where I first encountered Snickers. She teased me mercilessly, and beneath a fuzzy facade, I always suspected there was a little, I don't know, spark there. Anyways, after the mall closed down, Snickers, being Snickers, landed on her feet. Mac married an older, older widow lady with more money than sense, and she dotes on that ridiculous poodle. Mac's too lazy to walk Snickers himself, so he hired Julia to do it. Looking good, Snick baby. I call through the open window, and she gives me her curled-lipped, squinty-eyed face, which, come to think of it, pretty much is how she always looks. As usual, Snickers is dressed to the max. She's wearing a pink poncho, a sparkly rain hat, and teensy pink boots. Those boots are made for mocking, I add for good measure. It feels good, giving her some grief. But before I can really relish the moment, another annoying acquaintance of mine appears. <laughs>